The following podcast is presented by Ensign Services, Inc., a company engaged in the business of providing contracted for administrative and back office type support services to post-acute health care clients. Ensign Services provides accounting, human resources, compliance, legal, risk management, information technology, training, construction support, and other such miscellaneous services to its clients. These contracted for services are available to be utilized at the sole discretion of its clients. References within the podcast to the company and its activities, as well as the use of the terms we, us, its, our, and similar terms used during the discussion are not meant to imply that Ensign Services, Inc., or the Ensign Group, Inc., has any direct operational control, supervision, or direction of the independently operated post-acute healthcare entities. All right, I'm here with Teresa Clark, one of our great Ensign Services Accounts Receivable Resources. Teresa, good to have you here. Thanks, Clay. We wanted to talk to her today about how we can improve our collection process, but specifically for our private pay patients, something that a lot of us really need to get better at. So, so Teresa, let's start with what principles that you want to make sure we understand in order to help us you know, be better at this all-important practice. Yeah, I, I think uh, I'd like to start um, with the beginning in mind um, when a f- family walks in through the door. We, we need to have enough empathy for them to understand that they don't know this may be their first time coming into our facility um, and they don't understand all of our processes or expectations when it comes to um, what we provide for them as well as um, what is due financially from them. So you're saying sometimes we, we have an issue with we... we we do this every day, all day, right. and so the questions might even seem obvious to us, but we forget that this may be the first time that they're coming into a facility or admitting somebody into a facility, and, and these are all brand new questions for them. And you're saying it does something for them if we empathize a little bit more with them? Right. You want to you wanna step into their shoes. Um, imagine if you were it was your first time to walk into a facility, and how would you feel? Um, Probably pretty scared, a little nervous. Right, or or guilty. Um, You may feel a little bit of guilt. We are receiving them after they've been through um, whatever occurred to them, a a stroke. Uh, They find out they have cancer. They're coming to us after they've been at the acute hospital and been through the trauma. So let's open our arms and um, allow them to uh, see what we're about. You know, it's not no more a convalescent home. We're, we're here to help them get better. Yeah. Um, and if it is a place that they're going to be there long term, let's give them the best service they can. we can provide to them. Um, and that also is in the collections department, in the business office um, department as well. Yeah, I think I can see that in lots of businesses where I almost feel guilty asking questions of people or because I'm lost, it's my first time, and I can tell they've answered that question a thousand times. But I can see when when organizations really put emphasis on, 
hey, remember, it's their first time and they almost treat me like I'm the only customer that they've ever had. And that makes me feel more special. Right. And I, I think if we're better at that, uh, I, I just think that would, would go a long way. That's, that's really good advice. So, so why do you think that that's so important to, to empathize, to, to step into their shoes? I think it helps us, especially in the admissions department. So typically, um, the first person they're going to meet is the admissions person. Yeah. Um, they're going to walk them through the financial aspects as well as... So um, you're talking about admissions people right now, not business office managers. The admissions people are going to walk them through kind of the financial requirements? Initially, yes. Okay. Um, I, I believe... Anytime I meet with a new admissions person, I always tell them, you're the face of the facility. Um, and they agree, they're like, yes, um, whenever something comes up, they will contact me and then I'll have to direct them to the director of nursing or the business office manager. So I always explain to them that it's so important for them to explain all the information in, on the financial aspect um, as what is the copay gonna be, if there is a copay. Um, and so always be sure that whatever you're educating them on, that they understand it clearly. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I think I've always put the onus of, of cash collections squarely on the shoulders of business office managers. And, and, and we haven't even talked about business office <laughs> right. managers yet, right? We're, right? we're talking about the role that, that everyone else plays. So that's good. So, so the admission team plays a key role in this task. What, is there anything else you'd advise them to be better at? I think uh, when they're doing the inquiry piece that to verify the benefits, um, mm -hmm. it's so important to um, utilize some of our uh, forms, the benefit information form and identify what is going to be due from the patient or the uh, for our facility. Mm -hmm. um, I think that we sometimes because we say it so often, that we think that this this family or this resident will understand um, what their benefit covers. We don't want to be lazy in our explanations. We want to be very clear and concise so they understand what the expectation is in a facility um, of ours. Yeah, and I, th I think I even like to, to use the phrase, explain it so clearly that they can't misunderstand. Correct. Right? That, that that's the goal, is that there is no misunderstanding. So. So that may not be easy for some people. Uh, are there any tools that, that can help with this for the for admissions people to, to help clarify kind of the coverage? Yeah, um, when th we do have some tools out there um, when they're contacting a insurance and they find out that there's a copay, they can list it out um, as well as for any resident that comes in as a skilled Medicare Part A resident that we explain to them that there is a copay after day 21, um, and who is going to pay that copay? Um, so they can use the benefit um, information tool that we have out there, um, as well as a copay form that we have as well. So there's several tools. What uh, you know that always helps me to know that we have tools because even though we may do this over and over again, we might skip a step or forget something. Where where can we find these these tools or these forms? These tools are located on the portal um, under financial. And if they go into accounts receivable, the AR toolbox, um, there is a forms um, icon, it's number 12. They go in there and they can find these listed under inquiry and admissions. All our forms are available. Awesome, so you just, just go into the portal, again, under financial, 
Click on accounts receivable, you said, and then the AR toolbox. Yes. Number 12 forms and, and uh, under the inquiry and admissions. That's uh, okay. So so now we, we have how admissions and, and marketing is helping us with this. What, what, what about after the admission? So after admission, um, it is really helpful for the business office to meet with the resident or the family member. Um, now you have someone from the business office that is, first of all, um, going to build a relationship with that family. It's so important that we make that um, eye-to-eye contact with them and explain our benefit, their benefits to them. Um, yeah, I think that's so important because we, if we have to explain that later, after things have already happened, I think they get so frustrated. And if we can, from the b- very beginning, explain the coverage of the benefit to them, uh, I, I just I think it clarifies expectations up front. In fact, I, I, I love the phrase, I learned this from Stephen Covey, frustration is a function of expectation. If we have misguided expectations, that's when we get frustrated. But if we can be very clear with our expectations, um, then then, you know, we we remove a lot of potential frustration. Uh, any other reasons why it's important to meet with them? Um, I think it's you want to build that relationship with them. Mm-hmm. And just keep in mind that when if they've completed all the admission paperwork, it's overwhelming. And so when they meet with the business office, the business office is kind of reiterating, this is your benefit. Um, this is your copay. It starts on this day. It's so helpful. Let's say that the copay starts on day 11. Yeah. And um, that family has that opportunity to say, okay, we have 10 days, 100% coverage. On day 11, it's going to start with a copay of $150, let's say. Mm-hmm. They can then try and utilize that to say, okay, we got to see if my my loved one can get well enough to go home within those 10 days. And if not, by day 11, I have to establish I'm going to be paying $150 a day. How are we going to um, meet this? So they have that information all up front. So I see the two great values in this meeting up front is, one, you're, you're giving them the information they need. They have the expectations clear in their mind. And two, that relationship that you establish with the business office manager that seems to really matter throughout the relationship of 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 the patient's stay, right? I I believe so. I think once you build that relationship, they will have feel that compassion, that empathy from you, yeah. um, an understanding that um, I know your loved ones here. It might be very hard for you, and I just want to educate you and teach you what is due on which day from yeah. you. Um, yeah. Good. Okay. So I noticed that you also really encourage establishing an ACH draw. And can you, can you, maybe everybody knows what that is. Can you explain the ACH draw and, and, and how do you recommend doing that? So the ACH draw is um, one of my favorites uh-huh. for sure. Um, any of us, if we have bills that come to our home, we love to do it online, right? I mean, rather than have to write out a check, Um, or drive to uh, pay a gas bill, you can do everything online. Well, we give this opportunity. I love it. I love using those things. Right? Yeah. (laughs) So um, we give this opportunity to our family members and our residents. Um, And I think it goes, you can get a lot of AC8 draws on the way you present it. Mm -hmm. If you explain to them the opportunities for it, 
I mean, if a, if a family member gets sick and they're unable to pay their bill, the ACE, we can automatically pull that ACH um, on whatever day they ask us to. Mm-hmm. So if they um, have a pension check or they want to pay um, or a Social Security check, they just sign up for their ACH draw um, and we'll pull it on that day. They can also terminate it at any time. They still get their private statements. Um, and and I think uh, it just alleviates a little bit of the stress off of the patient or the family member having to remember to pay us their bill every month. So it just happens. And do you, do you set that up through the admissions packet? Is that is that usually the best way to do this? I encourage the admission packet um, only because when they walk in, we're uh, giving them the option to set up this auto debit right away mm-hmm. and not even have to worry about paying their bill. They'll still see it on the private statement. They'll see it, still see the check coming, uh, being withdrawn out of their um, state, their bank statement. Mm-hmm. And at any given time, if they have any concern with what they see on their bill, if there's some type of charge that um, they don't understand, they still have the right to uh, have it removed or questioned. Um, and there is just a set amount. If they have a patient liability of $1,000 or a copay of $500, they can stipulate, I only want you to take out this amount of money every month. A certain month. amount. So anything that goes above and beyond that won't necessarily be pulled out. Correct. And they, they can have control over that. They have total control. I, I, I love using these technologies, helping me to pay my bills, and and uh, it, it just it takes a stress off of my mind. and. and uh, you know, allows them to be able to just go in and visit their family members without having to worry about the, the business side of that. What other recommendations do you have for business office managers uh, or admissions or, or what other recommendations do you have? Um, I feel just to remember to be clear with your expectations. Um, don't dance around the items. You know, just be sure as professionals, it's our duty to notify the patient or responsible party of their financial obligations just like anyone else we don't like surprises they don't like surprises um nobody right. should what's this bill right guess, yeah right why did i suddenly get a three thousand dollar bill right um you know again you want to just build that relationship with the family so there are no surprises do we hesitate to give these expectations because we almost think it'll be overwhelming and then we just hope they don't notice them at the end or I mean it seems like we just need to be clear and not be afraid to be clear so that so that there aren't frustrations on the back end I think uh, I agree with you and I I feel that um, for office managers you know we're not bill collectors and this is but this is part of our job is collections very important part of your job. very important part of our job but rather than having uh doing it after the fact if you set the tone at the beginning um it just leaves it uh it the the family it benefits the family and the facility as well yeah just setting our expectations so so have a clear-cut understanding of what the patient's going to owe and and making sure that someone in the facility is explaining to this to the resident and the responsible party i mean if we're doing this well we're probably going to solve a lot of potential headaches uh on the collection front right yes so so now talk to me about actually collecting from the accounts what what advice do you give there so um, 
first thing is you want to send out the private statements the same time of the month. You know, you want to be consistent. If you're sending out the private statements on the 19th, send them out every month on the 19th. Um, and also on your statements, you want to note that when the payment is due upon receipt, you also want to note who to contact if they have any questions on their statement. Um, list your name and your phone number. Um, also list any other payment options that we have, you know, ACH, we take credit cards, uh, resident trust, but also thank them for their prompt payment. You know, just, just a little note that yeah, says thank note. you so much for your prompt payment? Yep, yep. Okay. What, why, why does that need to, why is that, is it important that it be sent out on the same day each month? I think consistency, mm -hmm. um, expectations, just like we get our bills every month at the same time. We know it's coming. We know mm -hmm. we can pay it. Um, that way they can see their bill consistently on the same day so every month. So it sort month. of helps establish an internal clock for them and, and they know yeah. when it's going to come. It, and yeah, it, exactly. Okay. Okay, what else? Um, I feel collection calls should be our first means of collecting on a past due account. Uh, the first time they miss paying you on time, if you don't contact them, then you have established an understanding that it's okay um, that they did not pay on time. So they're almost sitting there going, oh, I didn't pay on time and nobody called and me. And no one called. So maybe this is okay. Right. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Um, and then, you know, you, you must train them that if they do not pay, they're going to hear from you. you yeah. know, you're going to give them a call and... And just see uh, why you haven't paid. And hopefully they'll want to avoid that call. Correct. And, and we, we can train them on, yep. the, on the pay. So why yep. a phone call? Why is that so important? So I think in a phone call, um, it's easier to express the feelings that you are trying to help them um, over the phone mm -hmm. versus just sending a statement. Um, they can hear. That sounds so impersonal. Right. With a phone call, you can personalize it you more? You can personalize it more. Yeah. Um, you can check to see if they even got their statement this month. Mm. Um, do we have the correct address? Do we have the correct person that it needs to go to? Um, and then when do they plan to send the payment? Um, again, you're kind of empathizing with them, um, and you're making that connection personally. Yeah. So what about use of collection letters, uh, other things like that. Talk, talk to me about that. So with collection letters, so let's say you make that phone call and you did connect with a person. Mm -hmm. Trying to call them again, it's not going to work. So we um, advise on sending out a collection letter. We do have two collection letters. One is just a reminder, hey, I, you may have missed sending your bill to uh, your payment to us. Um, the second collector, collection letter is a little more um, aggressive. Okay. Um, what does that mean? So it's uh, you haven't paid your bill. You need to pay it by this date. Okay. Or else we will have to find other means to um, okay. pursue this. Turn it over to collections. Correct. Or, okay. Correct. Which is our next step. If the collection letters aren't hap um, working, which does happen, you know, we're going to, I'll be honest, <laughs> mm -hmm. not everybody is good at um, paying their loved one's bills. Right. Um, you can then send it to the collection team here at the service center. Um, and it doesn't have to be a discharged resident. It could be a resident that's still in the facility that we're trying to collect on. And there's many different means of um, what the collection team does here. You can- So uh, there's, there's a collections team at the service center that can help out with these past due. Yes, yes. Um, okay. And so they could do just an attorney letter 
sometimes that's all it takes is just um, a letter sent from our attorney here representing the facility saying um, we are representing this whichever facility, operation uh -huh. whichever operation and we're just contacting you about this past due bill um, so they can do that for us they can if it gets to a point where it's really really bad they will do a property search and we could put liens on properties and it's mm -hmm. been we they've they've been very successful on what that what would you say to a business office manager that says that all feels kind of mean i, f I feel bad doing this to a family or or uh, do you have any words of advice for them so they kind of think of the care we've given their loved one uh -huh. um we we provide quality care um and they have so we want to be reimbursed for the services we provide. There's a financial obligation to provide that. I mean, we have to pay the people, right? I mean, right. A, a facility, an operation needs to pay their nurses and their housekeepers right. and their laundry workers for the service they provided. And at what point would you, if you're a business office manager, what point do you recommend getting an executive director involved in this, or how would you get them involved? That's a that's a great point, Clay. So I think the executive director should be involved. Um, when there's a past due account, maybe just listing out these residents have been paid me. Mm -hmm. um, like how far past due would you say? Is there a certain time or is that just something depends on the operation? Or I would say the first month they don't pay, alert your executive director, okay. alert your ED. Um, just having like weekly AR review meetings with, your, with yes. your executive director? Yep. Okay. And private accounts, um, it, it's funny, private accounts should be the easiest to collect because it is a private account, but it, it's also the hardest hmm. um, many times. And so ha working with the executive director, so there's no surprises. Um, and having those weekly agent reviews and just highlighting the ones that still haven't paid. Um, sometimes the executive director, a phone call from an executive director to a family may initiate that payment. Yeah. So if you're a if you're a business office manager listening to this, uh, demand having those weekly AR review meetings with your executive director. Absolutely. Uh, he or she doesn't have time to not have those meetings Correct. with you. It's this is this is too important. Correct. Um, uh, it, any what 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 would you say finally to like IDT involvement in this? So for IDT, if you're having. Um, you're still having these issues, the family is, or the resident is not paying their bill, um, alert the IDD team because maybe there's an opportunity that this resident can be discharged to a different facility or discharged home. Maybe they don't need to be in our facility. Um, so just alerting the IDT team to this process. Making um, sure that it's care-appropriate decisions that are made right. with the IDT yeah. team. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So any other uh, words of advice before we close here? <laughs> um, I'm smiling because I'm, I'm, re <laughs> I'm reading this and I, I'm saying leave them smiling. Um, verify a resident's benefits and share this information with them. Um, allow them to know the expectations of a skilled nursing facility. But always maintain a kind and professional manner that the resident or family feel that you are approachable and helpful. Basically, you're saying love one another isn't just a isn't just a core value that we practiced amongst each other. It's it's one that we need to practice with the family members, and Absolutely. I think it's so crucial. It, we can provide the best care in the world, but if we are not good at collections, we won't exist anymore. True. This cash becomes sort of the lifeblood of the operations, and if we don't have it to pay people and pay caregivers and buy supplies and pay for food, all of that great care goes away. So this is a, a, a crucial. 
skill that we need to make sure that we all have. I can't think of, there's just not many more important things that we need to be good at if we want to remain a, um, if, if your operation wants to remain a viable entity. So thank you, yeah. Teresa, for, for your help on this. And, oh, yes, and hopefully people will put this into practice. Thank Thanks. you.